a grand mystery. The pageant of life. What unknown corners and crannies remain yet unexplored. And what will be discovered there? The Bigfoot. The Ogopogo. The Skunk Ape. The Riddle of the Pyramid. The Elusive Phantasm. The Wolfenstein. Hi, my name is Spencer Etienne Woodby. Join me, will you? Into the portal. To the unbeknownst. Since the dawn of time, man has glanced furtively toward the vast reaches of the sky and wondered, ever pondering, is anyone or anything out there glancing back? Out, out, far away in those reaches most barren, across spacious yawning vacuums and speckled crystalline galaxies, a gaze beckons in return, the keen unbreakable gaze of the spacemen, these celestial travelers from reaches far beyond our own plane, beckon to us, concealing a mystery as deep and as rich as the cascading radiation bands of the ever-shimmering starfish nebula. Their motives are myriad and baffling to even the most studious of contemporary scholars, some mere vagrants traversing exotic far-flung realms where the very fabrics of space and time are rendered as but meaningless trinkets, others stoic observers biding their time until some inscrutable interstellar whim compels them to take action. From whence do the spacemen travel, and to which obscure destination do they journey? For what purpose do they brave the velveteen infinity? of reality? Join us, dear listeners, aboard our conceptual craft of gleaming chrome and onyx as we dare the portal to unravel the enduring mystery of the spacemen. Hello, and welcome to the beautiful panel portion, or as I sometimes call it, the League of Scholars for tonight's episode of Portal to the Unbeknownst. The first wizened gentleman is Cody Fague. Good evening, Dr. Woodby. Thank you for calling me doctor. And the other of the two guests, I'm mentioning him second, but he is not second in intellect. James Sheaves. Thank you, Spencer. You're welcome. Gentlemen, tonight the topic is one that has dazzled mankind for epochs. The spacemen. Gentlemen, what feelings or experiences have you with cosmic individuals? Well, Spencer, uh, it's it's difficult to quantify uh, exactly the extent to which one uh, experiences contact with uh with these 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 cosmic uh visitants uh to our world because uh they are often quite covert in 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 their interactions with us and so it takes a keen mind to observe when contact has actually been made a keen mind like that of Cody Fags <laughs> Spencer uh 
I'm blushing. That is the blush of 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 a of a keen mind and a uh, a, a startling intellect. Well, you, you know what they say: if the blood is rushing to your cheeks, it's rushing to your brain. I say that at least three times per day. Cody, have you have any feelings on the reality or presence of cosmoids? Well, Spencer, you know, I think a lot of times people tend to be short-sighted um, when considering the pos possibility of uh, cosmic voyagers and, and their travels. Um, what we know in physics is that the universe is very large. And if even a small, um, some would almost say infinitesimal uh, percentage of that vast universe um, consists of spacemen, um, then that still means that there are potentially uh, trillions of spacemen in the universe. Um, so, you know, I, I think people get kind of caught up in the, the 1950s, you know, the, the Roswell fanfare, um, you know, little gray men landing in a flying saucer. But when you look at it mathematically, um, there's no way to deny that these spacemen exist and they are all around us. Indeed. And I will add that as large as the universe may be, it's nowhere near as large as the power of the human imagination. Absolutely. Cody and James, did the star beings craft the ancient pyramids? I, I think there is a compelling case to be made for yes. Uh, we know, for instance, that the, the very large rocks of which the pyramids were constructed uh, would not be able to be lifted by a human's hand. Uh, so uh, one one would expect some sort of uh, technological uh, apparatus would have been uh, conceived of to deal with these these challenges to construction. And I, for one, can't conceive of uh, anything other than a, an intercosmic uh, intervention as being the source for for such an architectural marvel, or perhaps a transcosmic giant. It's possible. Uh, I, I would uh, uh, hesitate to um, make the claim definitively at this point. Shrewd. Cody, have you any feelings on this question regarding the wonder of the ancient world, the pyramid? I think that when people see the pyramids, often they think of mummies. Uh, they think of uh, dog-headed gods and... Um, the, the Nile River uh, filled with snakes. And crocodiles, certainly. Uh, all manners of um, amphibians, reptiles. Um, but what people fail to consider when thinking of Egypt is if around the globe and connect it through Egypt, no matter where you trace that line, it can go all the way around it at, in a circle and end up right back at Egypt. Um, the, the power itself of the location of the Earth, the ability to draw on uh, geothermal energy, makes it a prime site for these um, interstellar travelers and um, also makes it basically shine like an interstellar beacon. Interesting. Is it possible that the heinous, terrifying mummy is a product of extraterrestrial technology? Well, I would note that uh, no one has ever 
to my knowledge, uh, performed a DNA test on a mummy. And uh, I imagine the results would be very interesting if such a test would, were to be performed. And uh, I would hasten to add that uh, even an apparent uh, confirmation of human DNA as the, as the source of this host body would not preclude the possibility of some sort of... Uh, uh, extraterrestrial seed hypothesis in which the the mummy uh, is nonetheless a product of uh, you know the, the intervention of uh, of an intruder from beyond this this stellar system indeed and perhaps one day with intrepid enough observers a mummy may be photographed I'd be fascinated to to learn of that we can hold out hope Cody, is it possible that the outer space weirdos were responsible for other of the ancient wonders of the world? For example, the fabled hanging gardens of Babylon. Were they indeed hovering gardens of Epsilon? Well, you know, Spencer, I mentioned earlier the um, sort of advantageous position on the globe in which um, Egypt sits. Um, you, you can also note that um, for all of the other wonders of the world, um, for example, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon or um, the uh, the Grand Canyon or uh, the... Each a uh, more beautiful than the last UNESCO World Heritage Site. And that's not a coincidence, I, w I, would, uh, I would hasten to point out. Uh, I mean, the UN is, is well known for its connection to these sorts of phenomena. Exactly. I myself have always felt that Bush Gardens should be considered for a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's a, it's a very fun park. You know, we go there every spring, uh, and, and we do actually get the two-week pass. So it comes That's with a, uh, soft drinks. It pays for itself. James, is there any truth to the rumor that the Federal Reserve is controlled by Mars men? I am very disturbed by such a notion and the thought of uh, alien beings controlling uh, the, the financial destiny of humankind is, is one that really disturbs me. I think a lot about it. Uh, it. It consumes me when I lie awake at night and I don't have the answers, I'm, I'm afraid. Cody, is it possible that the late Alan Greenspan was indeed Alan Greenskin? Well... Uh, and that's a very clever uh, pun, by the way. I, sh I should remind you that um, the uh, interstellar voyagers actually come in many different colors, and some of them don't even have skin. Um, so that's something to consider. Um, du duly noted. Um, but, you know, I, here, here, and I say this all the time, but the, the fatal mistake that people make with spacemen is that they assume that because they're uh, known as spacemen, you know, they're generally associated with traveling uh, vast distances across uh, the galaxy, across uh, reality and space and time. People assume that because they are uh, constantly on these voyages that they have uh, very little to do, if anything, to do with the affairs of Earth. This is simply not true. The spacemen uh, at every uh, stratosphere of our society, much as they've conquered the um, many uh, spheres of, of space and time, they've also conquered the many ways in which our government and our societal structure is organized. Is it possible that the realmlings have their own coins? Well, um, you, you know, Dr. Woodby, this actually reminds me of uh, the, the recent topic that has sprung up, you know, among... Um, 
uh, computer science circles, and that's cryptocurrency. Uh, if, if you were a, a traveling entity um, spanning across the, the vast yawning chasm of time, um, you probably would want a way to purchase fuel, uh, snacks, um, uh, maps of, of the various galaxies that you might encounter. Um, and of course, the way you would accomplish uh, to achieve this kind of cash flow is you would get involved in a cryptocurrency scheme so that you can funnel vast amounts of money out of the United States and into um, the economies of various galaxies across the universe. Very, very interesting notions. I myself invested 2400 United States dollars into Dogecoin, much of which has, uh, has shed its value significantly. We might be around the corner from a boom. I'd, I'd hold on to that. I, I, I sold it at the, at the low. Oh. Yeah, it, was, it was the principle of the thing at that point. Uh, gentlemen, have either of you ever seen the 1988 Dan Aykroyd film, My Stepmother is an Alien? Yes, Spencer, that was a very formative experience for me to see a, a half-clothed Kim Basinger on the big screen. Extre ext an extremely sensual scene in the film. Quite apart from the uh, the important questions that the film poses regarding uh, the possibility of uh, uh, intercosmic, interfamilial relationships. Indeed. Cody, how many times have you seen the 1988 Dan Aykroyd film, My Stepmother is an Alien? Um, you know, I, I've lost count uh, dozens of viewings ago. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that movie, uh, it holds a special place in my heart, and uh, it has in many ways molded me into the man that I've become. And uh, what a man that is, indeed. My favorite part in the movie is where Dan Aykroyd is unbelievably attracted to Kim Basinger, who plays the alien stepmother. Uh, James, I recently encountered a, an internet meme in which it was heavily implied that star souls had come to Gaia as a source of marijuana. Is there any truth to this meme? So I think it's, it's fun to joke around, but one should very seriously consider the possibility that there are resources here on Earth that uh, would, be, would be lacking uh, on other uh, cosmic bodies. And it is entirely plausible that a, a superior entity uh, could be uh, using the natural resources of Earth in order to um, achieve a, a higher plane of awareness. Chilling. Cody, do you have any notion of how many species of moon being are known to dwell on Terra? Well, um, first of all, let, we should get our terminology straight, because if one of these beings is actually dwelling on Terra, um, he actually loses his spaceman status. He is no longer uh, in outer space. But uh, once he leaves our atmosphere again, um, once he's outside of the gravitational pull of, of our actual planet, uh, he then regains his spaceman status and um, can join his spaceman brethren on their various adventures. But as far as how many different species of these we can find, um, scientists have identified at least seven, okay? Um, two of these are actually offshoots of um, each other. So there's a little bit of debate as to whether they're six or seven. Um, but the one thing I will remind everyone out there is that they are all um, very dangerous and also a lot of fun fun and dangerous 
much like a rickety old roller coaster at a carnival. James, how many genders do outer space realmlings have? So this is a very interesting question for extra biologists, and uh, I, I uh, have the notion uh, in my head that there is a, a possible spawn cloud model that would require the participation of uh, multiple different flavors of, of fertilizing male-like participants. So we could be dealing with as many as seven or eight genders under this model. And uh, I, I believe that this hypothesis would be consistent with a hyper-advanced civilizational model since it would increase the diversity in the gene pool. And this would help on uh, long space voyages where, where you only have a limited pool and you need to maintain that uh, diversity in order to keep people from growing tumors on their heads, you know. Fascinating. It's good that we can have mature sophisticated conversations about things like gender and sexuality without the conversation devolving into cheap jokes. I couldn't agree more, Spencer. Cody, are the... Cody, are the transcosmic sojourners also what we know as reptilians? Here's where things get interesting. Um, as these beings pass through different bands of radiation and... Uh, clouds of, of magnetic space pebbles, um, the, the physical form of their bodies are actually changed. So um, what a, a space uh, voyager that may start out as a lizard man, he will start uh, at one end of the galaxy uh, as a lizard man, and as he traverses across the galaxy, he will actually have transformed into what we might uh, most easily recognize as kind of a wolf man. Um, so it's safe to say that a fair percentage of these creatures actually are reptilian, at least it's in some phase of their journey. A harrowing description of what is sure to be an extremely accurate facet of reality. Gentlemen, was the Buddha a comment man? It, I think it's a, a very compelling notion that uh, the world religions might have been influenced by uh, beings from beyond the stars. Uh, I I'm myself am fascinated by this topic. I uh, would point you also to Zoroaster, uh, uh, famous not only for his religious prophesying, but also for um, composing the music in 2001, A Space Odyssey, and uh, uh, the, the being known as Rael, uh, there are countless examples from world religions that point to an extraterrestrial origin. Indeed. The evidence is overwhelming and irrefutable. Gentlemen, as we begin to wrap things up, I'd like to open the floor. Have you any musings as to the nature of the intruders from beyond? Yes, Spencer. So I do. Uh, I'd like to bring it back to the the notion of the statistical inevitability of uh, just in terms of the number of reports that have been received over the years from uh, reliable eyewitnesses. Uh, I, I I would uh, point you to the the quote by the the famous Lady Thatcher. Uh, you have to be lucky every single time in order for there to not be spacemen in this analogy. But we only have to be lucky once. Precisely. A compelling argument in favor of spacemen, perhaps against social welfare safety nets. But well, be that as it may, Spencer, I find it compelling nonetheless. Cody, have you any final thoughts on the nature of the cosmoid? Uh, well, Dr. Whitby, while I have uh, your listeners here, I would just like to 
um, take this moment to uh, beckon out and implore everyone who's listening to don't stop looking up at the sky and thinking about all of the men um, that might be zipping around on their various spacecraft out there because one day you might cross paths with one and you might want to have a little bit of a little bit of an idea of what it's like to walk in his space shoes. Definitely very many astral gentlemen above us at all times. It's comforting and also terrifying at the same time. Gentlemen, before we depart, I'd like to say a few words in favor of a cryptocurrency that I've recently invested a significant portion of mine and my mother's life savings into. It's called Dragon Chain. Dragon Chain is currently sitting at a market cap of 28 million 51,826 United States dollars or 6,425 BTC bitcoins. I would encourage all of you to, to put as much money as you can into Dragon Chain, symbol DRGN. It's up 3.06% since before the Thanksgiving holiday. Well, can I count on you? gentlemen to buy dragon chain i i guarantee you spencer that i will look into the matter i take that as a promise yes that absolutely next time we meet perhaps you could prove to me that you've bought some dragon chain coins or, or mined them as it were from the blockchain known as dragon chain yeah sure we'll we'll uh, we'll look into it gentlemen thank you so much for joining me for this elucidating discussion, nay, treatise, on the nature of the wonderful, wonderful ethereal traversers. Thank you, Spencer, and as always, go in peace. Thank you, Dr. Woodby. Join me for the voicemail portion of the program. The first voicemail it's very mysterious. I believe it may actually have been an extraterrestrial communication from afar. If anyone has any insight as to the nature of the language being spoken or the contents of the message, please contact me immediately. Here's the message. Это Катя, ваш любимый пришелец рептилия. Ищите золото в костях. The next voicemail. Lemonade Larry. Uh, Dr. Welby, uh, my name is Lemonade Larry, and um, what, uh, what I was wondering is, uh, in regards to the spacemen, you often hear people refer to them as little green men. Um, and in my class, um, there was this kid who... Uh, he ate too many carrots, and his skin started to turn orange. And what I was wondering is, okay, so knowing that that can happen, the little green men, what do you think they're eating that is making their skin like that? And do you think this can give us some kind of insight into the vegetation that they have on their planet? Thank you. Thank you for your interesting questions. Lemony Larry, I didn't think your question was as good as it was last week's. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining in. I'm so pleased 
to have had the chance to share these experiences with you. Until we meet again, please keep your eyes on the stars, but not the sun, because you could be blinded by its light, since although it is a star, it is very close to our planet. Take care, and be safe as you continue your journey through the portal of the unbeknownst. <laughs>